companionship, closeness, relationship. Those are the words that describe what intimacy is. And intimacy with God is no different. And there are a lot of things that we think is intimacy with God, but is not intimacy with God. And I'm going to start by reading Numbers chapter 12 from verse 6. Intimacy with God is to be, like the English word, is just what it means. It means to be close to God. It means to have that deep relationship with God. If you are close to someone, well, it's possible. All kinds of things happen in human relationships. I wanted to say, if you are close to someone, both of you know, but it's possible to be close on your own. I've seen some people who are in a relationship by themselves. Yes, they are boyfriend. They are in a relationship with themselves. The boyfriend knows that he's not, they are the only ones that are close in their mind. I've also seen that one. You know what? I've seen that one. Yeah. But, you know, intimacy with God is not something that cannot, that can be claimed. You don't claim it. You don't confess it. You don't presume closeness or intimacy with God. A title in church doesn't give you intimacy with God. A calling into ministry doesn't give you intimacy with God. It doesn't give you closeness to God. It doesn't. Activity, being in church every time the door opens and being the loudest is not intimacy with God. You know, human beings are as we are we are very visual and it's a weakness of the human nature we we can only relate to what we see so when we see a very loud brother you say that brother is coco jim jim the only thing is you can't read his character you don't know his behavior but there's something you are reading in his externalities in what is showing that is making you appropriate a level of spiritual maturity to him and you are not judging the right thing somebody was asking me recently how i made a decision for who to marry i said i made a decision for peace of mind and that was my only that was my entire consideration of course god had to lead me but my entire consideration should i tell you is called peace of mind the person said, how did you know that this is peace of mind? I said, when you see a way a person makes decisions. When you see how a person reacts in complicated situations. You will know whether this is peace of mind or problem. I said, but you see, the thing is that at that time, because the person was asking a question because we go way back. And at that time, my choice, my choice didn't come, it, did, it didn't fit a lot of people's expectation about me. It didn't fit a lot of people's expectation about me at the time. But, I mean, 11 years in has proven me right, in a sense. But at the time, I was not making a decision that a lot of people felt that, you know, this, was, this one fits the description of what fits you. And that's how human beings judge. We are, what, when I are looking at what fits me, what are you looking at? You are looking at my status in the church. How high ranking I was in ministry. And the person 
that you think is man of God enough to sit on top of that thing that is already high. And how are you judging it? You are judging by the gymnastics of that person. How loud the person is. If the person quotes a lot of scripture, say a lot of revelation, you know, Jim Jim. You know, you know the drama of ministry. When it comes to intimacy with God, there's nothing external about it. There's nothing external about it. It's all a matter of the heart. And it's not something that you we can we can claim is that we know God or we don't know him. And again, knowing God is not the same as knowing about God. Let me tell you the difference. I know about Sandra. I know where she lives. I know what she does as per day job slash business. You know, we talk sometimes. I know, I know things about her. We are just building our relationship. I can't say I know, no, because she has not been angry in front of me before. The day she'll get angry in front of me, that's the day I'll say I know Sandra. That's the way I'll be able to say, ah, I know that Sandra can do this. It's possible to know about someone and not really know the person. You know facts about someone, but you don't really know them as per who they are, what they will do, how they will respond. Having like that very, very close, um, intimate fellowship with that person to the point that you are rubbing on each other. You are even looking at like, you know, people say husband and wife, after a while of staying together, they start looking at like, they start behaving alike. Numbers chapter 12 from verse 6. Then he said, hear my words. If there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision. I will speak to him in a dream. Now, what had happened here was that um, Aaron and uh, Miriam had sort of ganged up against Moses. They thought he had taken certain actions that were against the laws that God had given. And they complained. They were complaining about about it, about Moses and what he was doing. And, you know, some things I am afraid of it. Bible says, and the Lord heard it. It was not Moses that heard it too. It was the Lord that did what? That heard it. And I think that it was because of the level of meekness that Moses operated in. That was why it was the Lord that heard it. There are some of us that we are busy hearing what people are saying about us and busy reacting to it. You are not leaving room for God to defend you. Everything you must explain. As they say this day, you go explain tire. Everything you must explain. Everything you must say your side of the story. Everything you must protect your reputation. Everything they must not think that somebody said, I'm not the one that said it. Whether they will think, what is wrong with anybody thinking anything? Think it to the level you want to think it. What will come out of it? Okay, you will see me less than the great woman of God. It's also okay. No problem. After all, who am I? If there's anything that needs explaining, allow God to explain it sometimes. I mean, there are times to talk, but many times, see, this guy was busy with the assignment of God on his life. He didn't have time to hear what other men of God were saying. Because his, 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 his brother and his sister, they were co-leaders, co-spiritual leaders with him in Israel. But the Lord heard it. It was God that heard it. And it was God that called this meeting. It wasn't Moses that called this meeting. It was God that heard it. I like it when God calls meetings with people. More than when I'm the one that calls meeting. Instead of you said that, 
So when God called the meeting, he said, hear now my words. If there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord God, I, the Lord will, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a what? In a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So we can see a few things here. First, from verse 6, you can see that it's possible to walk in gifts. It's possible to be anointed. It's possible to be called without really knowing the Lord. There are a lot of people that know about God and they can teach it. And God deals with them according to the call of God on their lives. To the extent that he can anoint them to bless the body. It's not they will not, it's not the full extent of God's oppression because the anointing is stronger. The authority grows stronger to the degree that you really know God. But it's possible to manifest something even when you don't have intimacy with God. I don't know whether you understand. Bible says the gifts and callings of God, they are without words, repentance. So it's not by gifts that you know that you are close to God or someone that is close to God. It's not by how anointed how sonorous the voice is. No, that's not necessarily intimacy. It's not by how deep sounding the revelation is. No, that can be anointing. If that, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean it's not the same thing as closeness to God. Because God said, if there's a prophet, I will speak to him. Go to verse 6. If there's a prophet, I will show him his, his calling his prophet. I will give him his tools. I don't know whether you understand. If someone is a carpenter, I will give him his tools. If there's a prophet, I will give him dreams. I will give him vision. I will not necessarily give him myself. Do you see the difference? God can give, if someone is called, if someone is anointed, and, so, and that person dwells entirely in the realm of calling and anointing, it's possible to have the tools of your ministry. Tools of that office. It doesn't mean you have God. It doesn't mean you have God. In this sense of intimacy and closeness. I mean, that's not to say that you are not born again. It doesn't mean that you are not genuinely called. It's not to say that your miracles are fake or your vision is fake. It's just to say that you are a borrowed vessel at the very least. Didn't a dumb ass speak to speak word of the Lord to Balaam? Even donkey, animal. When there was nothing, God opened his eyes, opened his mouth. He saw angels. Donkey saw angels. So nothing great. Nothing, nothing super exceptional about it. Animal saw angel. Donkey. So it's not, it's not, it's not a new thing. He said, if, if there's a prophet, I'm okay to give him dreams. I, I will give him vision. There are tools of, of his office. It's all right. He said, but it's not the same thing. My servant Moses is not like just a prophet that is collecting dreams and visions. This guy is faithful. This guy is faithful. When I looked up the word that means faithful, it means to build. 
It means to, it also means, it means build or support. It also means to be permanent, quiet, of long continuance. When someone is faithful, you find the person in that state, whatever state he has been assigned to be in, whatever his duty post is, whatever is whatever he has been called to be, to do, you find long continuance. You find that person building on that spot. You don't find that person going in and out. Today is in, tomorrow is out. Today is, is, is faithful, tomorrow is distracted. He's doing other things. Remember, this Aaron that is, that is dreaming dreams and seeing visions, was he not the one that built golden calf the other day? But when you, when you come to Moses, Moses, Moses stays where God is until there's something. There's nothing else. He doesn't, he's not trying to impress the children. He will stay on the mountain for 40 days. If that's what God wants him to do, he's going to do it. He knows that there's the risk that the children of Israel will no longer follow him when he comes back. He understands that risk. If it was a different person, that person will turn the children of Israel into the idol. And be following them instead of following God. But this guy understood the assignment. He understood that, no, I follow God. And God shows me the way. And then I show the children of Israel the way. The children of Israel are, is not the ministry. God is the ministry. And he will stay before God and minister to the Lord. 40 days at a go. If there is instruction, he will go back and give people. That's the way Moses does ministry. It's not the other way around. Many times we are doing it the other way around. We are doing life. We are doing purpose the other way around. We dip ourselves in whatever we call ministry, whatever we call work, whatever we call career, and then we are trying to force God on it. God, make it work. Make it succeed. Tell me what to do. Who told you to start? As I am going, as I am coming, the only relevance that God has to your life is that thing that you want to do, that you want so badly to succeed at, even if it is ministry. Moses is not like that. Moses doesn't have a life outside God. What Moses does as life is what God says to do. And he gets that from long continuance. John 15 chapter 4, abide in me and I in you. Let's read that scripture. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. This is the this is the bedrock of intimacy. This is what God was saying about Moses. Moses is not doing visions and revelations. Moses is doing abiding in me. Moses is faithful. Moses is doing long continuance. Moses is staying here and not bulging and not doing anything else. A branch, Moses is a branch that cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So Moses was this guy who will abide in the presence of the Lord. It says he's faithful in all my house and then verse 8, what does it say in that verse 8? Um, Numbers chapter 12, go back back to verse 8. I speak to him face to face, right? This is God now defining what intimacy is. He says, I'm speaking with Moses face to face, even plainly. 
not in dark sayings, and he does what? He sees the form of the Lord. This is intimacy. Intimacy is God speaking to us, not in dark sayings, but face to face. And we see the form of the Lord. And I, and I know the question somebody wants to ask me immediately is, ah, I don't see anything when I pray. I'm, I've not been seeing anything. No. Seeing the form of the Lord does not mean physical. You know, like I said, we are very physical. We are very tied to our feelings. We are very tied to our sight. We are very tied to our emotions. The form of the Lord is the image and the likeness of God. Is God revealing himself to you. That's the form of the Lord. And it's not by what you see physically. That quiet impression in your heart. That quiet perception in your spirit. That knowing that the Lord is with you. That peace that came upon your heart. That is the form of the Lord. The form of the Lord is not visions and dreams. If we need that as the spirit wills and we do need it, he will give us. But that's, the spectacular is not primarily intimacy with God. No, it's not. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So the form of the Lord is the manifestation of his presence. The manifestation of his person. That's what we get when he speaks to us face to face. Not necessarily anything spectacular. When we wait on the Lord like Bible says Moses was faithful. What we get is that the Lord speaks to us plainly. And not in dark sayings. He doesn't speak to us through a medium anymore. We start to understand when it is the voice of the Lord walking through our garden in the, in the cool of the day. The longer you stay with the Lord, the longer you stay in his presence, the more you can recognize his voice. He said, my sheep do what? They hear my voice and they do what? They follow me. They know me. They will not follow a stranger. You know, that realm of something to, and something told me. And something told me. What is called something? What is something that is telling you? You know, when, when, when you when you spending time, abiding with God, spending time to God does something for you. It will help you separate what is God and what is not God in your life. There's nothing else that can do that for you other than abiding. And the more you stay with God, the more you understand him, the more you know him, the more it becomes clear to you who he is. They usually say that in the banking hall, how the, how the, how the people who are handling money, how do they know fake notes from real notes? They say it's from long handling of real notes. You now, if I gave you fake dollar, you probably collect it from me and you'd be very happy. But if I give someone who has been working in the bank and handling real notes for a long time immediately they touch that fake they will know that ah this is fake or at least something is wrong they will know that something is wrong when we are faithful and we are abiding god we start to see the similitude or the form of the lord he speaks to us face to face no longer in dark sense 
when, when he's saying no longer in dark sayings, it's not exactly that God has been speaking to you in dark sayings. It's that you have been understanding him in dark sayings. The way I'm speaking to you now, if you bring, please, the comprehension of Sister Lola and comprehension of Olivia, of what I'm saying now, is it not dark sayings to Olivia? I don't know whether you understand. Give her an exam based on what I just said. If you tell her to write one to ten, she probably write it for you. But tell her that what is the form of the Lord. Let her answer. So dark sense is not necessarily that. You know, I always say something. I say God is God doesn't speak English. How many of you realize that God doesn't speak English? I say God told me my daughter tossed I. The Peruvia intention of the second dimension in the third heavens is the intentionality of righteousness in the third day that will bring about the seventh dimension of the triune manifestation of God. Hello, brother. Calm down. Calm down, Ofo. He doesn't understand what he just said. But it's just sounding hmm. As long as it sounds hmm. Do, do you think God is English language? That thing you said, please say, say it in ego. Tell us in your language. Break it down to a five-year-old. I will know that your spirit comprehends what you are doing. You, you think it's English language you are doing? You think it's English lesson? You think spirituality is English lesson? No, it's not. It's not. It's not English lesson. There are a lot of people that are poor cause some things strife of words. You say avoid some people. There are some people that I learned early from university days. I can separate revelation from strife of words. When I see that what we are doing here is strife of words, I take my journey 360 degrees. I'm 180 degrees, rather. I'm gone. You can never see me there. Where we are fighting for who has the most superior revelation. Are you okay? Are you okay? And everybody is sharing with, with, with Mozu. What is the matter? No, no. no there's, there's, that's, that's children playing. As children playing, God doesn't speak English. God speaks spirit. God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. The people who don't speak English as their first or any language, is God not speaking to them? How are they going to understand your triune revelation of the third dimension entry into the seventh heavens now? How, how would they enter it? Abyss is meant for only you. That's a sectarian spirit worrying you now. When you think that only you and your little corner, you are the only people that know God. So God speaks spirit because God is spirit. Now, to the degree that your spirit is developed, you can receive and interpret what God is saying. And if, it, if your mind now picks it up in English language, in Yoruba language, in whatever language that you speak, that's a different thing. Sometimes you not even have expression. For the thing that you know, that you know, that you know that God just touched you today. And you, have, you don't even have the full understanding of what just happened in God's presence. But between that revelation of the manifestation of God, between that, that uh, where he said, I speak to him face to face and he sees the form of the Lord. And the manifestation of zoe or divine nature or divine life that is what is called intercourse or fellowship what i'm saying is that 
when God starts speaking to you face to face, when he starts speaking to you no longer in dark sayings, when the veil is removed like we heard on Sunday, when the spirit is Lord, when his desire takes over your life like it took over, because when he say prophets, you have not reached the realm where your all desire in life is for God. That's what they are saying about Moses. That's what that faithfulness is. A realm where God, the desire for God has taken over. It has swallowed every other desire in your life. That's what it means to be faithful. At that point, you are not coming and going. Today is okay. Tomorrow is not okay. Today is fine. Tomorrow is not fine. You do today, the next three weeks, you are overwhelmed by issues of life. No, no. Moses was faithful. And that's what I am trusting God for in my life. That the desire for God will swallow up every lesser desire. That is what it means where the spirit is Lord. At that point, you know what John, I think First John 2, 4, he says, this is how we know that we know the Lord because we keep his commandments, right? That is when the spirit is Lord. When you are keeping his commandments, that is when the spirit is Lord. You know that is what Lordship is. Lordship is not, you are... You, you are just a helpless slave of this person. You are waiting on him. He doesn't want anything. You know, in the ancient, when I watch some ancient movies, you will understand this concept of waiting on the Lord better. You will see those slaves. They are not necessarily needed as per somebody called them to come and do something. They are just quietly, unobtrusively waiting on their mistresses. Waiting on their masters. Whether they want something, whether they don't want anything, and they help them do everything. They almost carry them into the bedroom and bathe them. They brush their hair. They want to wear a coat, they put it on them. They want to wear shoes, they give it to them. That's the concept of a Lord and his servant. And that's what Moses was saying. And that's why God was saying, Moses is my servant. Moses is a waiter. And this waiter is faithful. When you go to restaurants, what do waiters do? They, they serve you. They pull out the seat. You sit down. They ask you what you want to do, even though it's not the same seat that we pay your money at last. <laughs> they, you pay for that service. They ask you what, what, you want to, what you want to eat. They anticipate your needs. They bring you water to wash your hands. I've forgotten what country I was in and you know, I went to a restaurant. They will even wash your feet during the, this. When you come in, they will, they will wash your feet. Say now, wow, the money here that we are going to pay today. They wait on you. So God is saying, Moses is not a prophet. Oh, of course, Moses is a prophet in that sense. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Moses was a prophet. He was anointed. But what is between me and Moses is not prophet. Oh. What is between me and Moses is servanthood is waiting faithful waiting and when i find people like that i don't give them tools for ministry i don't just i don't just give them something so that they will succeed to the degree that i can bless the work that they are doing no i give them myself i give them myself what they get is face to face they get face to face without darkness that's what people like that get and what I'm trying to explain to you is that when you get face to face, when you are getting face to face, when you are beholding the form of the Lord, the result of it is fellowship. Intercourse. 
you are able to you are able to get you have an opportunity to get to know him not just the things he's doing you know his heart what he likes how he feels about a thing you know like your friend i saw i saw a i saw a clip on um, social media one of these days and um tom and jerry clip there was a clip where there's one doc one yellow doc that uh, jerry was mentoring came into jerry's bed and started talking throughout the night and jerry could not sleep so the the tag was like tag your the person who does this to you the person who comes into your space and just talks and talks and you really can't send them away you just have to give them audience and listen to them you know when intimacy with god is going on it's not about god do it god give me god bless me god gets it done god it's not about that alone it's not it's it's just a fellowship of two people i don't know whether you're not, how much fellowship can i have with my husband if all i talk to him about is to give me something we don't play we don't gist we don't laugh we don't enjoy each other's company i just go to me and say d money for food d money for fuel d school fees d rent d what how will how will he feel about that relationship vice versa Let's say he doesn't play with me, he doesn't gist with me, he doesn't minister to my needs, he doesn't, you know, care for me. But see, food. Where's my food? Have you where are my clothes? Where are my this? What kind of relationship is that? Then you now say, how is your relationship with your husband? Say, very close. We are very close. Are we very close? Of course we are not very close. We are not very close. When God feels comfortable to start showing you who he is, he has started fellowshipping with you. That is when he's opening up his heart. God God wants companionship. God wants family. Nobody is happy to be used, including God. Use and dump. The only time you run it, then you are off. No, 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 no. No. That's not relationship. That's not relationship. When you start fellowshipping with him, his heart, his mind, just knowing him, then he starts to reveal himself. And when he reveals himself, Life is what is communicated. God is full of life. Zoe, divine nature. That's what is called. That is just what is called. It's the, the life of God. If you, if you want to know what God is made up of, it's called life. And life is one of the things I find most difficult to explain. You know, there are different, there are life in different cadres. You know, there, there's life in different cadres. How many of you know that plant life is life? You know plants are alive. Do you know plants are alive? They grow. They reproduce. Are you aware? Can you remember your biology class? That's a, that's a manifestation of life. 
then there's animal life at a higher level. Right? You find animal life at a higher level. A higher quality of life. A higher manifestation of life than plant life. Then you have human life. Some people say they are monkeys. I'm not part of them. They said they are, uh, they are, they are monkeys that are lost still. I'm not one of you. I'm not, I'm not one of you. I'm not an animal. If you're an animal, that is okay for you. It's okay for you like that. I am not an animal. I can see animals. I'm not one of them. There's human life. So I, I said that to just show you like there are different cadres, different expressions of life. There's life at even lesser levels, less microscopic levels. There are, there's life at different... Look at human life, how different the expression is from animal life. How we have built civilization. You know, the things that human beings are capable of. The quality of thinking. The consciousness that is in human beings. The inventiveness, the intelligence that is in human beings. That is at a very, very, very low level. I don't, I'm just saying this so that you have an idea. It is incomparable with life at the God level. It's completely light and day. You know, her ants, you know ants, right? You know that they are, they are like the manifestation of their life. Do you know they are very organized? They have kingdoms. They have queens. They have soldiers. They build colonies. When you see a small mound in the ground and you use your feet and you you scatter it like this and you are gone do you know that you just you just unleashed war on a whole country on a whole universe you just brought it down i don't know whether you understand what i'm trying to say do you know at a certain level our entire world and human life is like that mound like this and everything we have built inside infinitely so when you compare it with divine life and what is possible at that level and when you when you that your little toe it's not your whole body that your little toe that scattered that ant colony that ant can see the entirety of that your toe do you know that the sight of that ant cannot see the entirety of that your toe even the finger on it he can't he doesn't know what just crumbled his world much less to be able to lift up his eyes and see you from head to toe or understand what it is that's how far much more we have from comprehending divine life from comprehending divine life so when we fellowship we leave our little ant colony and we go into the vast universe of the god life and we start fellowshipping and drinking and increasing our capacity because we are we were actually made to live that life that's what adam lost that's what has been restored by faith in christ jesus but experientially we have a distance to cover we have a distance to cover that's why we fellowship when we fellowship, we, we absorb that life. We absorb that life. You know, P.D. was saying something on Sunday that when, he, when he's not prayed, when he's not praying enough, he gets touchy. 
that's a that's a small way to explain a small manifestation to explain when you are living at a higher level of life and a lower level of life when your life is at a lower level everything will be touching you you'll be reacting everything has control over you has control over your emotions has control over everything affects you because the quality of life is low is down when you plug into higher life and you you gain over that life it will be as if nothing has nothing moves you other people will be discouraged only you you are encouraged other people are crying only you you are laughing everybody is hopeless only you you have hope and you are seeing something different and everybody thinks you are mad no you just left the ant's life for higher life how do you expect ants to be able to understand what's going on with you they have they can't relate completely so you so when we fellowship with god we we start drinking of life we start drinking of life give me first john chapter one let's read from verse one to four quickly That which we, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested. He's talking about who here? Christ Jesus. He called him what? The word of life. The word of life was from the beginning. Then he came in flesh. And John said, we saw him. We heard about him. We looked upon him. We handled him. Not just in the flesh. John wasn't talking just about Jesus Christ in the flesh here. Otherwise, he wouldn't have called him the word of life. Because it was the word. It was not the son in the beginning. There are three that bear witness in heaven. The father, the word, and the spirit. In the beginning, it was the word. It was not the son. In rede- when, redemption, when the program of redemption opened in time, it became the son. These guys had fellowshiped with him, not just in the flesh, but in the spirit. Because he stayed with them only three years. But they had fellowship to the point where they, they said, we have seen with our eyes. We have heard with our ears. We have looked upon it and our hands have done what? Handled it. Of what? The word of life. How do you handle? Does the word of life sound to you like something that is physical that he's talking about? Absolutely not. Words are what I'm speaking to you now. Oh yeah, come and hold it now. So he can't be talking, when he's saying word of life, he's not talking about flesh and blood of Jesus. He's talking about the manifestation of who he is in the spirit. And it is so real to this guy. He said, we have seen him. We have looked upon him. We have handled him. We have touched him. This word of life. The life was manifested. We have seen the life. We bear witness to life. We declare to you that eternal life which was with the father and was manifested to us through the word. Verse 3. That which we have seen and heard we declare to you that you may also have what? Fellowship with us. Truly our fellowship is with who? The father and with his son 
Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you. That what? Your joy may be full. So what John is trying to say here is that the product of our seeing and hearing and handling and looking upon is what came out of that is eternal life. Eternal life is what came out of it. The product of our fellowship is eternal life. Is Zoe, is divine nature. Is the life that runs the divine, the Godhead. That's what is the, has been the result of our fellowship. Which is why I am very, very pained when people go to the mountains. I'm seeing a movement on Instagram these days. People are going back to Orioke. Gen, not like Gen Z's shop, but younger people are going back to Orioke. Which is not entirely a bad thing. Prayer is a good thing. What I am sad about is what is powering the prayer. What is powering this sacrifice? Sometimes I even envy them. I wish I can pay as much sacrifice. Because fa- people are fasting. People are declaring many days fast. They are going to mountains. They are praying for hours. But what, when you are doing that and the life content is very low. 24 hour prayer seeking God. No. They are, you are not seeking God. You are seeking things. <laughs> You are seeking things 24 hours. The life content is very low. The beholding of Jesus as the life, the word of God in that whole thing is very low. You know why? Because what is powering that spending time with God is not a desire. It's not Moses as the servant that is waiting. It's not a desire for God. On top of that, if that person really doesn't now have understanding by scripture of who God is. Which is why I was saying that the, how did, how did he say it in that um, Numbers of 12 verse 8? It was talking about the fact that I, I speak to him face to face and not in dark sayings, you know, and he beholds the form of the Lord. And I was saying that that behold to the degree that we are beholding the form of the lord or to the degree that light is shining to that degree the fellowship is effective and life is being transmitted this is what i mean imagine that somebody comes to prayer and the person is not able to get past the outer court do you understand what i mean i mean i know in the new testament you don't have outer courts um in our whole, there are types and shadows. You understand what I mean? I don't mean that in this church now, where where Tan is sitting is outer court. This holy no, it's not a physical thing. When I mean a person is not able to get it past the outer court, the person is not able to get past themselves. Their focus in prayer is on themselves. How do you want to look on and handle word of life, please? Which time are you going to look on and handle word of life? Some people are coming from a background of of where guilt and condemnation is what is powering their Christian life. Not not the finished works of Jesus Christ. So they find it very difficult to forgive themselves when they've done anything wrong. So they come into the presence of God and three hours, oh God forgive me. Oh God anything I've done today I was there. So I'm telling you what I dealt with. Then I'll now think of what I may have done that I've not done. 
After, after the one, I've, 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 no, there must be a sin. Before you wake up, the guilt is just attacking you. You don't even have to have done anything. Then when the guilt, when you're already down, Satan will now come and really sow the seed. Yesterday, as you were going, you eyed that girl. Therefore, you are not worthy of fellowship today. And I will really stay there. What I didn't realize was that I was worshipping my sicknesses and issues. I didn't have time to look at Jesus. I was looking at myself. My fellowship was with my issues. My sins, my weaknesses, my issues. That's where I, I packed the boss of my fellowship. There are some people, their own is self-pity. When they come into the presence of God, they are just pitying themselves. All of it is one form of selfishness or other. Some people is about what has not happened in their life. Let me tell you something. Learn to use the outer court for what it should be used for. And go to the holy place. And go and take of the shoe bread. And partake of the seven candlesticks. The manifest presence of God. The seven spirits of God. Revelation. That's what is in the holy place. The outer court has its use. That's where washings take place. Right? You wash in the outer court. You wash away all those impurities. And if there is anything that is bothering you, learn to take the word of God, trust him for it, and move on. See, trashing in that place of prayer, and packing your car, and saying, God, if you don't solve this issue, we won't move. You are not doing God, you are doing yourself. It's better for you to move past the issue. God is more interested in you moving past that issue than in solving that issue for you, because he's interested in your growth. Because he doesn't want to solve it for you. He wants yourself to become a solution to that problem. So God is more interested in moving you out of the outer court. So sometimes all you do is you trust God. The, the pain is still there. But by his stripes, I am healed. It's the word and I believe it and I trust it. I trust that God has given it to me. What is the agenda today? No job. I trust God for provision. My God shall supply all of my needs. Physical, spiritual, according to his riches in glory. I receive the supply of my needs. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. We move on. We move on. Sometimes devil will come, draw you back into the outer court. What do you do? When you realize that you are in the outer court, what do you do? I think I've said it before that when, I, when I'm praying and I sleep off, when I wake up, I continue from where I stopped. I don't have time to fellowship with Satan over the fact that I fell asleep. You don't understand what I just said. I don't have time because I didn't come to pray to Satan. And if I fell asleep, it's not even you I sinned against. Can you get out of my way, please? I don't have time to be fellowshipping with Satan when I say that I want to pray. No. If I, and sometimes I struggle with wandering thoughts. When you wander and go, we bring you back and we stop and we continue from where. I don't have time to say, oh, ah, I've thought about something else. Hey, I'm back now. Glory be to God. <laughs> Glory be to God. And I find out that when I'm pressing like that, a, a point comes, I press to my breakthrough and I leave behind the outer court. I'm done. But some of you will be playing hide and seek with Satan. When he, when he brings you out, small, 
you now follow, you follow, you follow. Before you know your two feet is in attack or you have even lost your way. Everywhere is dark. You don't even know how to go back into the holy place. He said, pray for me. I don't know what is wrong with me these days. It's like there's a cloud. There's no cloud. There's no faith in your heart to seek God. That's all that is wrong with you. You are fellowshipping with thoughts you are not supposed to fellowship with. You are fellowshipping too much with yourself. When I come to prayer, there are two things in my vision. Christ and him crucified. That's all I'm seeing. That's all I know. I don't want to know anything else. There are two things in my focus. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Cross and Jesus. That's the, that's the only thing I want to know when I'm praying. I don't have time for anything else. That's how you increase in... So, because, you know, P.D. was talking about, on Sunday about when, nevertheless, it shall be that when he shall turn to the Lord. That turning is focus. Is that faithfulness that we found in Moses. You fight to stay in service. It's not like anything will not come for your attention. You fight to stay there. Oh, worries will come. Assignments are work. Burdens of life. Different things will come for your service. You stay there. It's a choice that you make minute by minute. Second by second. is a choice that you make to stay there. To tarry. Let's quickly look at Exodus chapter 19 verse 5 and 6. Now therefore if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people for all the earth is mine. This was the Lord to the children of Israel. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you shall speak to who? The children of Israel. Did he say these are the words you shall speak to Moses, Aaron and Miriam? No. So this promise was for who? All the children of Israel. The promise of priesthood is for all the children of God. The promise of priesthood is not for fivefold ministry. The promise of, of a holy nation is not for some special ministry gifts. It's for everybody. Why is everybody not partaking of it? Exodus 20, 18 to 21. Let's see 20, 18 to 21. Now all the people witnessed what? The thunderings and the flashes. The sound of the trumpet, the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, what did they do? And they did what? Good. 19. And they said to Moses, you speak with us. We will hear who? You. But let God not, let not God speak with us, lest we do what? Die. 20. And Moses said to the people, do not fear, for God has come to test you, and that his fear may be before you, so that you may, what? So that you may not sin. Now let me tell you the reason why, why people outsource intimacy with God to men of God. This is it. One, because of the demands. In fact, two, three, four, because of the demands. When I say because of the demands, because of the demands of building intimacy with God. Two, because of the demands when you have built the intimacy with God. Because when you build intimacy with God, when you fellowship, what comes out of that fellowship is consecration. 
instructions come out of it. You can no longer, you can't carry that holy presence and do certain things and behave in a certain way. God starts to bring instructions. That's what happened to Moses. Instructions were come when you read lightnings and thunders and all those kind of things. Of course, in the Old Testament, those may have been physical. In fact, I believe that they are physical. But the New Testament relation to it is in Hebrews chapter 10. Is it 10 or 11? Where it says that do not refuse him that speaks from, from heaven. Hebrews 12. Go to Hebrews 12, 22. Let me show you the New Testament parallel of it. Hebrews 12, 22. 22. But you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and innumerable company of angels. This is where you come to any time you wash, any time you come to fellowship with God. You have come to Zion. Don't see. When you read your Bible, and the Bible says that this is it. Trust God, trust the Holy Spirit to explain that thing to you. But don't, don't, don't accept the opposite of that thing because you don't understand it. I don't know whether you understand what I'm trying to say. Because it's not your experience. You have come to Mount Zion. You don't feel like you have come to Mount Zion. Of course, you don't look like Mount Zion. Uh-uh. You that you were still discouraged throughout yesterday and you have not prayed for one week. Come to Mount Zion. How is that how they used to come to Mount Zion? When you now look at another sister or another brother, you say, whether I think maybe Sister Damola has come to Mount Zion, but God, but me now, the way I'm feeling, the way my life is going, I'm far from, no, 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 no. That's not to measure. You don't look at your life and interpret scripture now. That's off. That's off now. Bible says that we behold and then we are changed. You, you are doing opposites. You want to change yourself and come and look like it. Are you the Holy Spirit, me? Are you the Holy Ghost, me? You know, you don't, you don't. People run away from God's presence because you have not prayed in a week. So you are running away. No, you should be running to God's presence. You can't change yourself, hello? You can't do anything with that, with that weakness, with that issue that you have. What are you going to do? You want to fix yourself and then come. It says, let us draw near with hearts full of the assurance of faith and our bodies washed with pure water by a new and living way which he has done what? Consecrated for us through his flesh. He has broken the veil. Let us come but say no. No. In this level of Christianity that I am now, I have not yet broken through the veil. Okay now, Holy Spirit, save yourself. <laughs> No, you, you, you do your, make your salvation happen now. Can I tell you something? The same process that saved your spirit will save your soul. Did you hear what I said? You are not going to start in the spirit and then go and end it in the flesh. How did you get saved in your spirit? Tell me your born again experience. Please, who wants to share how they got born again? You, you believed before you believed, you were an enemy. When you were an enemy, that's when Jesus died. The work was finished before you even became, before you came near at all. You were already saved, your spirit, your soul, and body. Saved. Finished. That work was finished. Jesus finished it. You now come. That day, safe. maybe you were coming from club. I mean, it's not, you, you, on, 
how the work of salvation happened. It just came into your heart and you believed the Lord Jesus. And you started your journey. But now you want to hijack it from this. The Holy Spirit says, you have been washed. You have been sanctified. You say, no, I'm not yet sanctified. I'm be, I've been washed. I've not yet been sanctified. Later, I will be sanctified. Then after I sanctify, after I've walked for like 25 years, I will now be justified. Then after that, I'll be glorified. It's not me and you. That's your own Bible. Go and read it with yourself. My own Bible says I am washed, I am sanctified, I am justified, I am glorified. I will look at that thing until I change to it. That's how I'm going to do my own. He says I've come to Zion, I'm in Zion. That's my reality. Full stop. You have another one, go and write your version of the Bible. He says I'm in Zion, I am in Zion. The general assembly, the church of the firstborn, who are registered in heaven to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men, made perfect. This scripture busts my brain. Suddenly, prayer is not boring anymore. I'm not alone. I am not alone. In fact, the presence of the Lord alone is enough. But knowing that I am surrounded, I am surrounded. The fact that my physical eyes can't see it doesn't mean that it's not real. 24. The general assembly, church of the firstborn, God, the judge of all, Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. 25. He says, see that you do not what? Refuse. This is why people don't fellowship because he will talk. When you fellowship, God will speak. And when he speaks, his speakings are not always easy. What he's telling you to do is not always easy. That's when you quarrel with somebody and the person is at fault and he will tell you to go and beg the person. Has something been happening in your life before and you don't want to hear God because you're afraid of what God will say. You want to leave that place and God, you know that God wants you to stay there. So you are running from this. Pastor Dami, I have an issue. I just want to see you. I just want you to pray with me. It's a lie. You know what to do. You are just looking for another word. It's because of the shakings that we don't want to stay in his presence. It's the same reason because it will change your life. It will radically change your life. And that change is not always easy. So we run. We want to stay in the place where it is easy. We don't want to go too deep. Because if you go too deep, then it starts demanding. Then the, the, the earth of your life, the ground of your life starts to quake. 26. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now a promise saying yet more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken. When the voice of God is shaking your life, it will be removing the things that can be shaken. So that the things that cannot be shaken can remain. So don't run. This is the reason why people outsource their intimacy with God. This is the reason why the children of Israel, they prefer the man of God. Have you seen how, how, how in our generation we venerate, we worship, we idolize the man of God. We outsource our spiritual maturity wholly to the man of God. Anything he says is what we worship, is what we do. Because all we just want is what we want. We don't want to know God. So you go and know God on our behalf. Go and hear God on our behalf. We will be here worshiping you. 
But that's not the pattern in the New Testament. John 14, 1 to 2. It says, let not your heart be what? Go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. Let me quickly show you something there as well. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If, I, if, you, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are where? Please, I want to look up. Look at this thing. Did he say the Holy Spirit will help you to seek? Who is going to seek it? Uh-huh. When I'm reading Bible, I always, I'm always careful to note what he says the Holy Spirit will do and what I will do. Because the Holy Spirit will not do my responsibility. The Holy Spirit will do what he is meant to do. I will do what I am meant to do. The Holy Spirit will not seek the things that are above. You say, I'm, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to seek. No, you seek. Because as you are seeking your money now, you are seeking your career. It's not Holy Spirit that is telling you where to go. When to wake up in the morning, what clothes to wear, and how to, how to, where to submit your CV, and how to run after somebody for business. But when it comes to you, you lie down. You know, and the Holy Spirit is faithful. This is what I mean when I say it's not the Holy Spirit that will help you. You will remember all by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will do his part. He said he will remind you of the things that are concerning the Lord, Rabbi. He will bring to your remember. Do you know he's faithful to do it? But he won't make you seek it. For instance, you wake up in the morning, you are scrolling on Instagram. Do you know he will tell you what about your Bible? Doesn't he always do it? And he has done his part. You, you now do as if you are not hearing. I see they put wool in your ear. You will now really intensify the, the Instagram very well. And then he will whisper, it will be fainter. Let me tell you, the more you yield to, will be getting stronger. And that your flesh is very unprofitable. It's very unprofitable. It will mess you up. Be sowing to it. No, keep sowing to it. It will mess you up. It's very unprofitable. The next time you hear it, it will be weaker. But it's still there. The thing will be like, hey, why don't you even just open it? No, you will intensify. Say, Let me look at God's this post. I just want to look. And then before you know it, you have done one hour. Time has gone. It's over. The impetus, the you can't even, you will not remember again until three days later. No, you seek. It's not the one that we seek. You seek the things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind. You are the one that will set it. On things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members. The Holy Spirit will come and be clean your members. Is that what he said? The Holy Spirit is going to come to you and start killing your members. No, who is going to kill your members? You. You know how you kill, you put to death. Can I tell you how you put to death? You refuse. You deny yourself that your desire. That's how to put to death your members. You deny yourself. That's what you do with it. I just needed to read that to you because you know what? Passion like this, eh? You have to invest in passion. Passion for God. I know you like God. But if you don't dig deep, if you don't seek, if you don't cooperate with the Holy Spirit, God can't, he can't force himself. He's not, he doesn't possess people. He's not a demon. Holy 
ghost is not demon. It doesn't possess people. She was she. You say, no, I don't want to do. Okay, no problem. You will go and stay in corner until you are ready. John chapter 14. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. This is another one that I like. Let not your heart be troubled. In other words, you do not allow your heart to be troubled. Remember that scripture that, you know, we quoted on Sunday. Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. You can say it's the, whole, it's the devil that was doing things to trouble Martha. Let's assume. But it's not so. <laughs> Martha was the one troubling herself. She allowed herself to be what? Troubled. Things can be happening and you do not allow your heart to be troubled. It's possible that you don't allow, you disallow your heart from being troubled. It says, in my father, how do you do that? You believe in God, believe also in me. It's by faith that you do that. That something is happening around you and you disallow your heart from being troubled. It says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. In other words, in my father's house, there are many realms. There are many dimensions. There are many experiences. There is an endless... Have you, have you noticed that you struggle to start praying? Then when you pray and you break through at a certain point, it's now difficult to stop. Does it happen to you? Does it happen to you? To start is the problem. You postpone, you will dispone, you will, you will, you will find excuses, you will do everything. But the moment you manage to start, you will struggle a bit. Then you break through. Then problem starts to stop it becomes a problem. So, God is endless. It says, I go, if we are not so, if those depths are not there, if those experiences are not there, I would not have told you so. I go to, see, I am waiting for you to come and experience this experience with me. This thing that John said, we have looked upon, we have handled, we have touched of the word of life. Those dimensions are there for you. It's prepared for you. It's not for anybody else. And your purpose is that where Jesus is, you too, you'll be there. You'll be there. And that's the whole purpose of intimacy with God. Intimacy with God is about where he is you being there. Intimacy with God is not ministry. It's not powerful man of God, woman of God. No, 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 no. It's not, it's not any of those things. It is being where he is. Bible says he chose 12 that they might do what? Be with him. And that he might send them out. Be with him first. It's first about, about being with him. And when we are with him, we soak on his life we 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 soak in zoe and we manifest his life i want us to just pray this evening that you know the god will help us to foster intimacy i want you to pray i want you to you see the things that the holy spirit is supposed to do he has done them is the things that we are supposed to do that is lacking we are lacking in faithfulness we are lacking in servanthood. We are lacking in waiting. We are praying. We are praying. We are lacking in waiting. I want you to pray and ask God to help you to be faithful. I need to be able to wait. We can't wait. Waiting is so tough. The warfare of Satan in this generation is to make sure that we can't wait. 
is to bring us so many encumbrances, so many things that weigh us down, that distract us, that dissipate the energy of our heart and our mind so that we cannot truly wait. And if the enemy succeeds in tampering with our intimacy, he has succeeded with everything else. He doesn't mind us doing ministry. He doesn't mind the activities. The only thing that destroys Satan is manifestation of Zoe. And as long as Zoe is not being manifested, Satan is happy with everything else. And that's why he fights your relationship with God. Fights intimacy. If you want to know what Satan is fighting by touching your business, touching your job, touching your husband, touching your wife, touching your child, touching your opportunities, blocking the way, making you feel um, unhealthy in your body, the only thing that matters to him is fellowship. To separate you from God. That is the only thing, the one thing that matters. And if money will separate you from God, he will give you. If job will separate you from God, he will give you. He will give you anything. If man will separate you from God, he will make sure that you have that man that you are craving. Anything that will separate you from God, the enemy is happy with it and is happy to let it to, to make it come to you. So, but when you will realize that the real warfare is to fight, fight that comfort, fight that discomfort, whatever manifestation it is, fight it to hold on to that place of intimacy with God where we manifest divine life. That's where our victory is. That's where we lay hold on God. And it says that is the only thing that matters. It's only that one thing that matters. I want us to pray that God will help us to lay hold on that one thing that matters. That one thing that matters. We do many things. Oh, ah, we do many things. We think about a lot of things and we do many things. But one thing matters. I want you to pray a prayer tonight. God, Take over my desires. Let me have desire for you. Above it. I know you, I know you like God. But that desire is not yet drowning other desires. You need to know when people desire something deeply. What they do for it. Let the desire for you. Let it swallow up every other desire. Every other heartbeat in my life. In the name of Jesus. Marotalia. Ibanon shafre. Tadadadadadadabakasosia. Eba shotamianosa, rema kotandia ramanele shatabasia.